Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Good morning, boys. And Ben Roy Turner. Happy birthday, Kane Lynch 2. Oh. came out today oh. in You know, he said he had something to announce. He had something to show on the podcast. And of course, it's Kane and fecking Lynch 2. Have and you been going back to it again? Celebration, mate. It's not a day for celebration. <laughs> put that put that away. Put it, lock it up, lock it up, lock it away. It's too old Run now. Away. Put, it, put it in its... In its own case. Josh gets a Series X. Ben Roy continues to have Kane and Lynch too. It's it's victories <laughs> all around. Um, but yeah, for this week's podcast, because um, we did a question and answer thing last week, we just put out a tweet um, just asking people what they'd like us to talk about and had a massive response to that. So I thought we'd just carry it over to this week. Um, plus, there's not many new games out for at least another few days. Uh, the likes of 12 Minutes, Ghost of Tsushima's um, Director's Cut expansion uh, will be dropping in the next few days. So we're just going to dive into the rest of the questions. Um, first one from JB Patrol. So JB, yourself, watch out, pal. Well, what is your favorite video game movie? I actually quite like the Silent Hill movie and Prince of Persia. Now, I've not seen Prince of Persia, um, but I would totally back Silent Hill as well. Ben Roy has to take this away. I saw him very being quite humble and being well, reserved seen... there. Letting me speak first when all I want to hear is him talk <laughs> up Resident Evil once more. Look, I love the first Resident Evil movie. It scared me to death as a child. I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I did, I might have shed a tear in fear or so because I was that, I was like, what, 10, whatever it was when it came out. Loved the first one. The second one was hilarious. I watched a dodgy DVD of it, just hearing characters saying GTA Mother Effer when they run over <laughs> naked booby zombies. So much. Yeah, and it's just like, I was like, what did this start that? And then, of course, I've got to go with um, the, the Josh Brown Patrol. I love the first <laughs> Silent Hill movie as well. I think that's class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the first Silent Hill is actually genuinely very well shot. I think they nailed the look of the game. They actually replicated some of the camera angles from the game, which I thought was really cool. Um, is there any, just for, for quickly mentioning all the Resident Evils, is there any Resident Evil movie that you would genuinely hold up as a like genuinely good film the you don't need to one. be a fan yeah, yeah I would say the first one you don't need to be a fan of the, the games you can just go to the first one I think the entire series almost works better if you're not a fan of the game because of how <laughs> much it butchers the source material and that's wrong. its own choice there's a certain level of pleasure to be had in that but yeah I think the first one is genuinely really quite good I think it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. I like its internal logic I like its aesthetics the characters are good Colin Salmon is there and, and the music's actually and the music's mint as well I think the first one is great That's what, that would be my shout mm. for the um, answer to this question however yes. I do want to throw something in that I think might just 
cause a rift between Super you two. Because that recently. <laughs> not su- actually, that's an entirely different thing. Super Mario Brothers the movie, yes, that's going to be in there. But more importantly, the most recent Mortal Kombat, which I thought oh, was a for the love. Film, I yep. really enjoyed that. And I liked it. I would hold that up there as perhaps one of the better ones, maybe. I wouldn't. I would absolutely bury it. I hated it. I've I thought got, it was terrible. But carry on. I've got a better riff than that, Josh, not to one-up you. Uh, the best piece of Final Fantasy media ever created, Spirits of In, is <laughs> also one that technology could push the industry forward. Had a great voice cast. Look, I mean, it looks a bit dated now. It, I mean, it looks better than all those Final Fantasy PS1 games. But um, I would recommend people watching that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've still never, I never went back to Spirits Within because it's not a Final Fantasty thing. It's but Mortal Kombat's great as well. Mortal Kombat's got a very good Sub-Zero. I was going to throw in, because we tend to think of like video game movies as like the banter era, like the 2000s era, but to, to be honest, I really love Detective Pikachu. I think that would be my actual shout. I really like the idea of cyberpunk-style Pokemon. I love the idea of just seeing like a an actual world of Pokemon, like a realistic, least shot version of Pokemon. I think that's actually quite good. Um, Monster Hunter was absolutely abysmal. I was just thinking of other like modern stuff. There's, um, it's pretty good. Tomb Raider was all right. I Tomb Raider solid, yeah. yeah. The most recent reboot, but also the very first one is kind of like a good dumb movie. Oh, the Jolly one, like yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, is it Alicia Vikander one? Perhaps? Alicia Vikander is the new one. That's Hitman it. is also, the first Hitman movie is Ooh. a weird point in time where um, I was Die Hard 4.0 was out and then that was out around the same time. <laughs> it was like, you know, Timothy Oliphant, I think that's his, I think that's him. And just like, you know, it kind of works and they play Hitman in the movie and they've got Teabag from Prison Break in here doing a bad Russian accent. Let's go. <laughs> the bit where they're on the train and they all just produce swords and have a sword fight. And I was like, what? How? Well, yeah, why? It's just from the back. But um, yeah, I feel like video game movies have got a lot better. Obviously, Sonic is an obvious one. I personally wasn't a massive fan of Sonic. thought it was fine. Um, but yeah, I think actual shouts would be Resident Evil, would be Silent Hill, would be Detective Pikachu. Um, next question from Voy, who says, do you think the next Saints Row will be balls to the wall like three and four or a bit more grounded in reality like one and two? I don't think two is very grounded in reality. Um, here's hoping it for the latter and maybe a one, two remaster before the next installment. Where are you guys out on Saints it's- Row? It's funny, right? Because, you know, 2 was a big jump from 1, wasn't it? In terms of Do you have the poop cannon where you cover houses in poop? Totally, but I do understand what they're saying because Mm. in context and in reference to the things that came after, like it does seem tame. Like you look at 1 (laughs) and 2 as almost the gritty versions of Saints Row until it got properly off the wall. And now we're so far beyond where 2 even was when that was being celebrated for being wacky and weird and all of that jazz. I don't think we ever go back. I don't think we ever go back Mm. to this point. We might rein it in from where we were um, you know, previously going to a literal hell for a little bit, for instance. Oh, I don't know if we'll go down that extent um, again with a proper sequel, but I definitely think we're going to get something in line with Saints Row 3 or Saints Row 4. You know, mm. I feel like it's not losing the wackiness anytime soon because that's its USP at this point. Well, for me, Saints Row's trajectory was just doing whatever GTA like wasn't because you had like Saints Row 1, when obviously when it dropped, you had really cool like next gen graphics at the time. That was kind of what drew you in and like the physics model was really cool. But then, you know, the more GTA then went serious, Saints Row then went wacky. And and for me, Saints Row, the appeal of that was being like what San Andreas used to be to GTA. And if you missed that wackier side of GTA, you could just go and enjoy that with Saints Row. Like Saints 3 is one of my favorite games. And then I kind of thought that 4, 4 was really enjoyable, but it was like the alien race was coming to Earth and it was all it was just was completely 
completely insane. Um, and, it, and I never even really played Got Out of Hell at the very beginning of it. But um, for me, I don't know what the hell the identity of Saints Row is anymore. And I think that even franchises like uh, Just Cause have proven that you can't just keep doing wacky banter AF. Like it's it's not going to keep going. Like we've done that. We've explored it. So I kind of wonder what the hell Saints Row even is at this point. I only ever played two and I lived through the third vicariously through um, uh, my Lord and Savior, Ryan Davis, back in the day, just hear him talk about that game. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I never really played uh, three or four, so I can't really tell. I did, I have seen the um, the power moment when you jump out of the plane and I have yes. seen, I've tr- sampled much of Keith David's work from those games. So I've found, I feel like I've got a lot out of it, mm-hmm. jokingly aside, but no, I've not really played them. So I don't know. Because what would get you in? Like as someone who's more of like a casual fan? I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I'm trying to think. Has this game even? Has this series been embraced? Is it part of the embracer blob of like properties? That not they yet. Own? I don't think anyway. But I guess like overall, as like a franchise, like GTA. I mean, that was the thing. GTA took the biggest amount of time off across the 2010s, and that was also when Saints Row started getting like less and less yeah. releases, or like not really knowing exactly what it was. Um, but in terms of going forward, um, I don't know. I think they might keep with the latter stuff because I think it'll be a weird swerve if they go back to just being like a basic crime sandbox game again. I think they've got, if they come back in the way and it continues, they've got to ground it a bit because you can't go more. You've got to bring it back down, haven't you, to then go big again sort mm-hmm. of thing. So it, that would be my guess if I was someone, have it wacky and funny, but don't have it like super serial and then build up to another like apocalyptic event. Yeah, I think it, it, they could go either way. I don't, I've never actually finished a Saints Row game. I'm not a huge fan of the franchise. I think I've talked to you guys about it okay. before. Like Saints Row 3, I couldn't get into. Saints I couldn't Row believe 2. that when you said you didn't like 3. And I was like, I loved, <sighs> loved that game. So I, I good. got to it too late. You know, I got to it when it was free on um, Xbox games with gold at one point. So it was quite after the fact. Get mm. out of hell, I didn't jive with. I'm not no. even sure if I played Saints Row 4 at all. Saints Row 2, I played around a friend's house. Saints Row 1, I started and <laughs> didn't finish because I just wanted to play GDAs. But even this franchise that I've put time into, but just never gotten much out of it. It's yeah. very, very odd. So I, I'm kind of with Benroy where I don't even know what they could do to deliver a game that appeals to me because I just feel mm. like the very fabric of it isn't my thing in a I way. Do, like, I do wonder that like because GTA is so just GTA Online or GTA 5 if you want that again, either that makes publishers run for the hills because they can't compete with the numbers that GTA is doing or you could do a nice like open world crime sandbox game the likes of Sleeping Dogs, the likes of Saints Row. Like there used to be these other, like the true crime games for example and things like that. Like there, there, you know, there were viable alternatives to GTA for a while. It just feels like all that stuff went away was that because that. it was cheaper to make the games back then and it didn't oh, yeah. require like six billion people to code a tree and stuff <laughs> in yeah. layman terms to- totally i mean you know all those games you mentioned aren't around anymore as much no. as i like true yeah. crime as much as i like sleeping dogs you know they tried to um you know be these alternatives to gda and there was only really saints role that kind of like managed to have some longevity and that was because it eventually mm. ended up embracing aliens and wacky big dildos and stuff i think it's more like it would be on the publishers to like go up against gta obviously there would be gta comparisons and i get why from a, a financial you know uh, bean counting sense they would just be like well we're clearly not going to be able to beat this so let's not even try but like the open world crime sandbox genre used to be a thing it didn't used to just be gta and i feel like there there is a way to go back to that but yeah in terms of a, a series identity i feel like saints row is just 
lost at sea at this point. Like no one responded to the got out of hell stuff. And there ain't no way you go from there. Um, next question is from Zaku says, do you find it difficult to juggle multiple games at once? For me, if I'm playing a game and jump ship to a new one, I generally don't find myself going back to finish. Now, um, yes. But I, I mean, it depends. <laughs> I don't I don't necessarily find it difficult to uh, juggle multiple games at once, but it's just like, I'll just pick, I'll just play as much as possible and then whatever latches on, I'll keep going. But I don't know what you guys are like. Josh, I know you're painfully devoted to finishing Code Veronica before you touch your Series X. I totally am. You know, we've talked about this um, on our Monday show before, <laughs> about how we differ. So I'm excited to see what Bedroy says. But yeah, for me, I can't play multiple games at once. I can play two at max, maybe three Seven, if eight. the third one is a multiplayer game. Because otherwise, I just get anxious that I'm not experiencing one of the games to its fullest potential. I feel like I'm not paying enough attention to it. And if I don't finish it, I'm the exact same as um, whoever asked this question. Um, and then Zach. I'll just forget, Zach, sorry. And then I'll just um, like forget about it and I mm. won't pick it up again. So I need to make sure I finish it. And that's why I've not really touched the Xbox Series X yet because I've got the Forgotten City and I've got Code Veronica X <laughs> almost completed. Like I'm in the last stretch of both and there, there is no go. way I will pick those back <laughs> up if I start Ori on the Xbox or start Forza Horizon 4 on the Xbox. I'm going to finish oh. these and then move my entire spirit and body to the next thing. That's how I like to do it. But Benroy, what do you, what's your game? I kind of like, uh, I, I have a few on the go and I treat my games like, say, fresh veg or fresh fruit you know they're gonna they're gonna go off in my brain and i'm not, not gonna want to go back to them if i leave them sitting and they're gonna stagnate Very fair. so i personally as as i like like to sound to what like, i i will go for a game and i will keep going back to it and i will if i choose to plan them, i will do at the moment i'm playing chaos free but i'm also on a point where i've kind of slowed down with some games i'm trying kind of like i'm not really playing anything i'm playing like a mission of or two of chaos fury a week at this point and i'm playing like say PUBG with my friends and then um doing my gears days and jumping into the ascent with friends and we finally got rid of that riders and we've done that now uh but like i, I really just have like the friend game mm. and then the, uh and, and then maybe two on the go but i try to just do one at a time if that sort of thing like i'm very sort of like i wouldn't say methodical because i'm like oh yes i'm methodical with my games but i just like to really get one gut done and move mm. on sort of thing and, and in this area of when we've had nothing for a while i almost like block out my head like okay do, 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 like after chaos theory uh coincidentally with all these remakes that be announced i i'm going to gta 3 next after this so <laughs> maybe if that gets announced before i finish that then who knows sort of thing. Mm -hmm. but yeah. i like your criteria there but roy and i think i would completely back it up you've got the you game that you play solo you've got the friend game yeah. and sometimes you might have the partner game that you play with your partner and then they're the three games that i can have in my orbit <laughs> at any one given time otherwise you've got to change them out and replace it with something it's else too much I like that. Yeah. mine's just whatever whatever the hard drive can hold i'll put as many on there as possible i'll jump between as many as, as possible um but i sort of have like a, I've, I've mentioned this before on whatever different podcasts we've done that i kind of have like a subconscious test it's quite similar to what benroy said about like if i leave it too long then um something will just rot and i'll just not be bothered anymore but i'll just i'll just see what takes hold like something like um like i was replaying like ghost of sushma and, and prep for the director's cut and it's like that reminded me of like that's a game that i want to absolutely rinse i want to see 
every single part of and that'll be something that like latches on and has that subconscious kind of hold where I'm like okay I find myself thinking about it during the day and I go back to it but also the thing that you said Josh like I always have like a multiplayer game for the last six years it was Rocket League um, and then it got replaced by Knockout City and at the minute it's Windjammers 2 because the beta is out for it so it's like I think that people have those little slots and you sort of just like dip between them um, but it depends if something's like a big enough deal then it'll dominate everything else otherwise I'm just I'm the big dipper I'm dipping left right and center give me as many games <laughs> as possible when it's big season like I won't put off a new release for like a plan let's just say like mm. imagine if something comes straight straight out after like Far Cry 6 can't remember the schedule then I'll finish Far Cry 6 move on do that and then come sort of rally back like it did with Death Stranding like the other year. Oh, see, like, I would have done a few hours of the new thing and then got back to the one I was going to finish and then I, slowly get through both of them. I need to finish some games sometimes or I just get a bit like, and want to not go back to them like we did with Outriders and we took like, um, it felt like a, seven years off that game and went back to it and <laughs> uh, finally got it sort of So what you did with end. Outriders is like what Josh did with Days Gone where you're just like, you have to get through it. I don't have to get through it. I'll delete it. I've deleted Returnal. Like, F that game. I'm oh. done. I don't care anymore. Like, it's not, I'm, it's, it's, the game sucks. Like, I'm sick of batting my face against it. <laughs> And I have to move on from it. But yeah, I think that um, over time, especially with things like Game Pass, just being like, here's 50 games that you might want to get through. Everyone has to try and find ways to uh, juggle them and stuff. Um, next question from Bobby Bobberson. Why do you think my parents are always fighting? I'm going to have to assume that it's because they're not subscribed to the podcast. Next question from Siobhan <laughs> Robinson. Um, if you could have three video game characters at your dinner party slash to hang out with for the evening, who are you inviting and why? Don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. Just don't, <laughs> don't do it. I want none. I don't want to disappoint any of them with how I am in real life. That's that's. Exactly what they're yeah. like in real life? What if they've got absolutely or, no banter whatsoever? Well, that's also it. I don't want to be a disappointment, and I also don't want them to be disappointing. So the answer is, I want to just appreciate them through the screen and not get to know them at all. The same with fair. celebrities. The same with musicians. Because <laughs> it only disappoint us all. I'll tell a weird story. I once um, met a, a semi-famous guitarist. I'm not going name him um but i went up to him um, backstage i was covering something at the event at the time and i went up to him and i just i walked up to him from the side and i just sort of said oh hey man just i'll let you know i'm a massive fan followed you for uh, for years and do you know what he did he, he, he farted he farted on the spot and then he walked away and i just sort of i stood there and he turned back around as he walked away and he went oh yeah big one that and i went yep big fan oh. and that was it and i was yeah so never never meet your heroes especially if they're mildly famous guitarists because they might just fart and walk away but it's the saddest it's story time. I've ever heard in my life. It was it broke me, and then I had to watch him do the gig, and I was like, I don't really care anymore. You've just you farted near you farted near me like that Monty <laughs> Python thing. It's a bad time. But um, yeah, in regards to um, three video game characters to hang out with, Benro, do you have three, or should we nominate one each and see what chemistry comes of that? Uh, I'm gonna say for mine, I'm gonna choose. I'm gonna choose Kane. I'm gonna choose Lynch. And I'm gonna choose Nola, <laughs> Nola North from Spec Ops: The Line at the very end of the game. Captain Walker coming yeah. in, getting up, being absolutely broken. I'll throw Dante into the mix. There's only going to be three, but I think Dante would would bring the band out. I think he would Don't spice meet it up heroes, a little bit. Meet the bad people. <laughs> yeah. Um, next question from Roy Mutombo Turner, who says, if you could have one feature from older consoles returned to current gen, what would it be? Uh, for me, as silly as it sounds, it would be the little dancing save logos from the PlayStation. 2. It was always interesting to see what developers, uh, what games would look like when you got a new game. Um, I'm going to say just themes. Why are there not th more themes? Like, remember when we had Xbox was like the different card themes, and I know that like the Xbox Series X has the power to animate a background or whatever, but it's nothing. And then on the PS5, it's just whatever game you're hovering on becomes the theme, but I can't set a system theme. I want themes. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that because I had a really sick heavy rain theme on mm. the PS3 and it was just like nice to look at that rain. Um, or just set a it? screenshot as a background or something. 
like PS4. I'm trying to I'm forget I had the last of us one, sort of like mm-hmm. the the interactive sort of the flames were going and after the time of day it would turn to the dark one. So yep. it was like I, I never saw the light one because I never awake in the early days, early part of the day. <laughs> but trying to think of anything that I want back, like I don't those save icons were cool too. I, I remember doing that, like going on the, the PS2s, like loading it without a disc so you could look at the it, memory card. They were cool, but there's things like the internet now, so I wouldn't spend like <laughs> an hour looking at them or like, what can I do with the PS1 or PS2 when I, t- I just turn mm. on and listen to the waves, sort of whisk me. I, I think, you know what, I want the Nintendo store to have the lovely music again. The do, 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 I would do, take do. that. Oh, yeah, the, that. the eShop still feels like a really primitive browser. Like it's still just so half-baked at the minute. Then it's then again it's better than what the PlayStation Store at this at this point when you search something and then it gets maybe later. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator, Will Wright, to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology, as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director, Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> something went wrong it's like yeah. cheers, Sony. Josh were you going to dive in there 
I was going to, we, me and you, Scott, I'm not sure where you fall on this, Ben Roy, but we disagree about the opening titles of movies and TV Do shows. We? If I watch a TV show, oh, I will God. watch the opening yeah. title of it, whatever it is, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's, I don't know, what, any other show that has a title, Friends. I will every, watch Friends every single theme. episode, you'll never skip the title sequence. Every single time and i appreciate that a lot of people don't want to do that so i like that netflix has the skip button however i don't like that we don't have proper boot ups anymore for our consoles because they're so fast and that's awesome in a way but we don't have like ben Roy was saying the waves of the playstation 2 you know literally taking you into gaming land and seeing the big towers and all that stuff or even the opening stinger of the original playstation they were lengthy mm. but i like them as a kind of settling in zone and yeah. even though I quite like the musical stingers on the PlayStation 4, for instance, on the PlayStation 5, it's not quite the same. I need something a bit more authored, a little bit, that I want to watch every time. Ben, you need to answer, do you, do you skip every credit sequence all the time? Because when Josh told me this for TV shows, I, I melted internally. No, because I need to know the Cylons have a plan. I need, they need to tell me every episode <laughs> that there's 12 of them and four, and then we still don't know who these are. And I like the... The, the little music goes with it and then they show me a little bit of the episode and then they show me the intro sequence of all the names and then they spoil a bit of the episode i need that every time the only <laughs> but, one um, that i leave on is better call saul because that little guitar riff is really cool i mean and that little when they get the little jigging fella yeah yes i'm ready for it but with the, <laughs> with the consoles like i mean i can never hear it anyway because i'm normally turning it on when the tv's off or it defaults straight to headphones anyway so i never hear it on the playstation side but I want to. I want Phil to hear this, and you know, a quick resume. It's a great thing for Xbox, right? But yeah. for the Xbox games, a lot of them are tied to servers, right? So, if I turn Gears Five on after turn the thing off, it's it's like oh, I can't read the service. You've got to reboot the thing anyway, and look at those damn thing logos every time. And I if know there's no button on the menu to just let you. I reconnect, know this is coalition. I don't care anymore. I don't want to see the thing <laughs> spin around in the ice five hundred times. I that's will totally rant. say no. That's I think that's completely valid because that's one thing that never gets talked about. That when you resume a game, even on PlayStation as well, unless they've coded a reconnect button, and then the game just goes, "Well, I've lost the connection," and you have to reboot it anyway. I do that with Doom Eternal every time. Yeah. So annoying. Um, but just to bring it back to what Josh said about like looking forward to I agree that the PS1's opening animation was incredible. Even the PS2's was really memorable. And Xbox memorable. as well. Xbox was like... Yeah, like super memorable. Yes. And but GameCube. We're in a time with like SSD and instant loading. And I literally, when the PlayStation 5 shows me that PlayStation Studios logo, I'm like, I don't need to see this. You don't need to show me this. Like, it's nice. It's nice to put it on the trailers. Like, I'm there to play a game. I don't need... You've advertised a system with zero loading and then designed a studio logo. I bet you hate start time. screens, don't you? I bet you hate a start screen where the character's like sort of sitting there brooding, waiting for you to I don't mind that because I can, I can hit a button and do something. But if I'm just like... If the whole generational push is for less loading, why do we then have a more played out animation? Like, that's kind Good of crazy. Sex, man. I think that's all it is, you know? Yeah, we can skip them, but... It's sometimes, not to go on about this too much, but sometimes I think it's a nice tone set, you know? Mm. Like, it's a nice um, little thing to get you in the mood or get you hyped. Like, I love getting a new PlayStation exclusive and now seeing that PlayStation Studios logo pop up. And it's a nice the, logo. The, the logos, you know, all arrive. And yeah, you might not want to see that every single time, but I think it's a nice way to, you know, just kind of set a tone ease you in to what's about to happen. What's you don't like need you get... everything to be immediate all the time. 
I, I, I absolutely do. If I'm juggling 10 games at once, mate, I want them loading up as soon as possible. I'm not watching 10 animations. Uh, it reminds me of like when you first turn the um, PS5 on, it shows you that different boot-up sequence that you never get again. Unless you like reset the entire system, you can never get that again. I like the idea of maybe doing that. When you start an exclusive, you get a cool animation, and then it's just like, right, lads, you're here to play a game, so we're going to get you in from then on in. Um, next question from Gentleman to Gentleman, um, who says, Hey, guys, I listen to your podcast every day, every day and even repeat most of them when there isn't a new one. Best podcast by far. Well, thank you very much. Um, my question is, if you had to play one franchise of games and nothing else, what would you choose? For me, it would be The Last of Us. That sounds like a depressing way to go if you're living in the last of us. The, the two games. games. Yeah, for the rest of your days. I mean, God, you I know, go for it. it. I could Maybe. do it. Yeah. I probably could. I've replayed The Last of Us 1 about five or six times. Like, <laughs> I've been might not sound like times, a lot, but for me, it's a lot. Oh, it's a good question, this. Better I See, do I, anything. Yeah. I need, need to have a think. Uh, I, I could be tactical here, but it's either for me, it's going to be Resident Evil or Gears, but it would probably end up being like Resident Evil because I... All in all, I enjoy those games more. But if I were to choose Gears, I'd have things like Horde and stuff. But then, I know, for me, for me, I'm being a bit tactical here. I love The Last of Us. Like, the Last of Us 1 is my favorite game ever, right? But if you got a franchise for the rest of the time, there's two games, mm. and then you might not have another one for another 80 years. So for me, Resident <laughs> Evil. I think for me, I'm thinking of stuff that I could literally play over and over again or play for like hundreds and hundreds of hours. So I think for an entire franchise, it would it would maybe be all of the Zeldas because I was mainly thinking Breath of the Wild because of how experimental it is. But then I was thinking, well, like obviously you have all the old school Zeldas, but at least you have a big fan- a series of fantastical games with gorgeous pieces of music, gorgeous worlds to explore, the variety like across that series in regards to the art styles. Um, and then you have Breath of the Wild, which is this massive experimental like take that blows everything back up and... I don't know, for me, playing Breath of the Wild kind of makes you want to go back to those more, like, strict Zeldas, but then that also makes, when you do that, it makes you want to check out Breath of the Wild. So maybe that's a way that I could stave off insanity. I'd have to have something that was a long-form series, I think. That's a good uh, shout, I think. Mm. Uh, if I had played more than two Zeldas, I think I would steal that <laughs> exact um, choice. I'd go Fallout, because I like the Ooh. idea of getting the isometric Fallouts combined with the Bethesda Fallouts, and then obviously the Obsidian Fallouts. If it was just New Vegas on its and own, that, that would probably do me. <laughs> and you could play a 76, which never ends, and will be constantly no. updated with content. Thank you, Ben Roy, for cementing this argument as just the best one of all of us because We'd that's all just, the game that just take keeps the on giving. I mean, I've got Resident <laughs> Evil 6 and that's like 30 hours to just finish one playthrough. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> that's true. It's a hell of a thing. Um, next question from Jared Liebergen who says, what's more likely, Ben Roy finally realizing that Sekiro is an amazing game or Josh finally playing Ori? Now, I have a feeling, I, have a, I think that jo- Josh finally touched Ori the other night, only for a few seconds. Oh. So I, I, I had... Yeah. A few seconds of foreplay with Ori the other night. <laughs> I, I turned it on and I had a lovely five minutes with it. I watched the um, opening introduction, a surprisingly emotional introduction, yeah. and I did a few jumps and then turned it off because I wanted to finish Code Veronica before I started it properly. So I technically have already accomplished this. So Ben Roy never needs to admit idea. that Sekiro is an amazing game, even though he knows it. It started. I feel like it started a plague with the the big men with sticks are just an annoying enemy for no reason. And <laughs> I've seen it pop up in more games now, and I hate it. There's a whole stance dedicated to it in Ghost of Tsushima, the the anti stick stance. It was if I had just seen, for if I had seen this question before we started recording or the other day, mm. um, I wouldn't have played Ori because I would have held out. For Ben Roy to admit it first, and, and you then, didn't know you were getting a Series X gold. until you had the catch one. 
Yeah. It was just a surprise, yeah. Catch one I, in the wild. I mean, I, I, I beat them, but all of these games we just mentioned, so let's move on. <laughs> I don't need to talk about them ever again. Okay, next question from <laughs> Willie Orea, who says, hope you guys are doing great. If you could change one thing about your favorite game slash franchise, what would it be and why? Currently, I'm playing new Pokemon Snap and having a blast. And then he sent us a screenshot. Um, keep the content train on track. Is there, yeah, is there anything that you like that you, from your favorite franchise where you go like, oh, I wish this was tightened up a bit? It's Mass a Effect 3, the mm. conversation system in Mass Effect 3 and yes. the way you uh, have agency in that game. You know, we talked about it when we did our podcast on it, but mm-hmm. the difference in your shepherd between Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, and then Mass Effect 3 is just night and day. In Mass Effect 3, yep. your shepherd is practically an authored character that Bioware has written that you kind of get some say into it as opposed it. to the way that's um, handled in the first two games where it's very much whoever you want it to be and you have more control over what you want to ask, how you want to answer. The sheer act of removing a neutral response in three, I think, is indicative of how they approached it because otherwise you're you're on a path, you're on a path, you're on either a good path or you're on a renegade path. Mm-hmm. And that's all you have to flex your characterization skills. Whereas in the other two games, even though it was obviously still limited in a lot of ways, it felt much bigger, it felt much more expansive. And I just wish that system was in three more. Like I love Mass Effect. It is probably my favorite franchise, mm. um, but I wouldn't play it over and over again if it was all I had to play. Uh, but it, yeah, I just feel like that should have, I, I wish that was there. Well, when we went through the Legendary Edition and we did like a series of podcasts and stuff, like getting to three and realizing, and like or realizing slash remembering how much they box you in was the thing that made me go like, I actually hate this. And like, I hate how much they've like, like it's, you know, they've like siphoned you into these specific lanes. And that's the reason that I still haven't finished Mass Effect 3 in the Legendary Edition. And um, for as much as I adore one and two, like I just got to three and was, and I just, yeah, it was just that thing of like realizing, oh yeah, like yeah, all your dialogue options, like you said, are mostly binary. It's either super um, positive or super negative. And that stuff just makes it feel so regimented compared to the first two. Um, Benroy, any thoughts or games to suggest? I would either add a, de- a decent crouch mechanic to like say the first, free metal gears where you don't hmm. have to crouch and then you go forward and you lie down and it's a bit cumbersome <laughs> that always got me to, especially towards the end with some of those games mm-hmm. uh or like say i would add a mode to the gears games where it wasn't sort of like more enemies weren't as spongy it's more like a couple bullets they're dead a couple bullets you're dead sort of thing i sort mm. of like more like I'm not going to put 30 bullets into a locus and it's they're still going to be staggering. I want to put like say three or four and then it's down. I really like tactical gears game. I'd be kind of cool. Like nailing headshots and different limb damage and stuff to like, like get do, through hordes. I love it when you do the like, harder difficulties in games and then not only for you do you die quicker, but like also the enemy, like in Spec Ops the line, I feel mm. like when you're doing a harder, like it's it's you or them. Like if they get a shot on you, you're gone. If you get a shot on them in the right point, you're gone. So I, mm-hmm. I like that sort of like ante up up in the ante yeah yeah, that sounds cool um for me i'll just throw in uh the yakuza judgment stuff i mentioned this on last week's ubp with jules but i think that as much as i adore that franchise like sometimes when the story really kicks in you just want the next thing and a lot of those games and um, they have such massive open worlds or they have such detailed open worlds that are packed with mini games and things like that that when you get to the main story it's like okay the next plot b is on the other side of the city so just run all the way there talk to a character right now run all the way back and talk to someone else and it's it's sometimes that stuff can get bogged down 
down. I think that sometimes they can give you one too many fetch quests uh, in very sort of like JRPG or MMO style where the narrative is so good or the character development is so good that you just want to crack on with it. And I think sometimes it can get in its own way. Um, like, in the, for like in the final third of Judgment, for example, it's just like everything is kicking off, but you're still like sprinting across the entire city just to get the next cutscene. That stuff can be a bit annoying. Um, next question from Jack Griffiths, who says, uh, with the last 18 months being pretty crappy, has there been any games that you've played that became a hidden gem for you? Not necessarily a, a new game, but something that helped you get through the, the last few months. Old school stuff, I assume. Because we've all, we've all been, like, with the, the lapse of new releases, all three of us have just dove back into our back catalogs. Like, Ben Roy's been on Alice the Madness Returns. At least he bought it anyway. <laughs> and, uh, we've, yeah. I've, I've been on Knights of the Old Republic. We played through old Splinter Cells. I've played a bit of Fantavision because um, i got PlayStation Now. Played Blood Rain. It's, um, <laughs> but in terms of a hidden gem thing, um, not necessarily too hidden, but I guess I would shout out Spiritfarer. That was the first thing that I really spent time on uh, last year where it was just a solid two months of just living on that game. Did absolutely everything in it. Um, absolutely love it. Beautiful, beautiful game. Like the whole core message about trying to make sure that you can help people as much as you, uh, especially elderly people, as much as you can before they pass away or move on. Um, I think is a hell of a message. And that game ruined me by the end of it. Um, but it's a gorgeous game, and I would totally recommend that. Um, it is like a farming sim kind of semi-platformer thing. But I think the actual core of how it how it brings everything together is really, really cool. And I don't feel like Spirit Fair got talked about that much um, towards the end of last year. Um, so that will be mine. It's difficult, man, because like mm. you said, we've, we've played through so many older games and so many kind of underrated games, I suppose. Like, I could mm. shout out something like Mundon, which I really liked, or The mm. Forgotten City, which I'm playing now, but a lot of them were quite short, so I would definitely recommend them, but something that I kind of, like, sunk my teeth into um, over, you know, this past year that I didn't expect to, I guess, would be The Sinking City, which mm. is that Lovecraft um, detective game. Is that not The Forgotten the City, of- mate? Not the Forgotten City, mate. It's, uh, it's, it's the Sinking City. Right. The Good. Sinking City. That's, the, it, that's the one. If I say it enough times, it might <laughs> be able to just be etched into your brain. Uh, yeah, which is like this weird Lovecraft by way of Sherlock Holmes detective game that is incredibly ropey, that still has some bugs, that is definitely like a double A game. But it just kind of like got its hooks into me in a way. And I really liked the uh, the daft characters. I really liked the imagination of the world. And that was like an open world title where I was putting 20 hours in. And I just thought, this is not the best game in the world, but it's engaging enough for me to not want to put it down. And I think often you kind of like need those titles to mm. freshen you up a little bit from the onslaught of triple a blockbusters mm-hmm. especially when like lockdown started with like really hefty games like last of us too it was like i kind of need yeah. something a little bit uh less um benroy what did you what comes to mind well i've only really been playing hefty games i'm i'm looking at a list hefty here. old games though metal gear solid 4 yeah <laughs> I, i've not touched metal gear solid 4 yet that's on the that's in the chat. So I, mean, I went through all the metal gears i've almost done all i mean all the the first three sorry i've almost done all the first uh three spent so i'm realizing how how phenomenal Chaos series again. Like I in my mind, it was just the same as like one and um, Pandora tomorrow, but it really isn't. Ooh. Like it's it's just like leagues above it and just Fisher cracking wise, like got ya. <laughs> and then like like having fun with the um every laddie grabs like, you're gonna tell me something, or I'm gonna knock you out. You know, do you know do you know when you um bother when you hit the floor, it, you don't just go black, you feel it and stuff like that and just That's, really sort of like all these samples need a Ben Roy voice pack for Chaos Theory I think yeah alright <laughs> mate you got any greens but it's just um, <laughs> having Sandfish just cracking wise in that one is um, was really sort of a weird joy and then 
and off the cuff one like i found wildlands strangely music mm. i'm relaxing just putting a podcast on not listening to that game at all and just going around uh bolivia and just doing tom clancy stuff doing i mean Ubisoft living stuff living the soul of tom clancy recently i'm gonna say so that Actually, I'll totally, uh, as a comeback, because, yeah, one other thing that absolutely dominated, like, in my playtime for a long time, I think I put over 80-odd hours into it, is Immortals Phoenix Rising, which I feel like just no one wanted to play, Tom no one Clancy's cared about. Immortals Phoenix Rising. <laughs> <laughs> if they could have uh, attached the brand, they would have done. Um, but that was literally just Ubisoft looking at the competition and just, just hybridizing everything that worked. Uh, and it's very much a Breath of the Wild clone. But um, it plays really well, the combat's awesome, and it's um, it's just really Moorish, it's really addictive. There's always something else, either within your eyesight, to go and do another puzzle another enemy something like that um or just you ping up the map and there's a bunch of little question marks and stuff that just it just it's so easy to just lose hours and hours and hours into that game i think it's the best thing ubisoft have made in a long time i just think it's the it's like it's weirdly very focused it's quite a small map and i feel like they actually like all those weird lessons that they keep trying to apply to assassin's creed and ghost recon and all these big bloated games and they reduce that down and there is a really good treadmill there really good set of gameplay loops that if they just make smaller games they become really enjoyable way more consistently i kind of have one now and Mm. i'm jumping back in the forest i played the forest last year with a friend and Mm -hmm. that was just the that wasn't what I was expecting. It was a weird, it was a fun, scary experience. And um, it's got things like if you get a bit bored of the um, scary things, I'm not going to say where they are on the island, it can make your uh, buildings invincible and just okay. keep playing the game and stuff like that. And then there's so much to discover on the ground. It feels like the descent at one point. It feels like all these weird cannibal films. There's, there's an ending as well that 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 happens. And a lot of things <laughs> happen in that game. And it's well worth experiencing with friends or on your own and you can put on happy peace mode and just build if you want as well sounds good i remember when you go and you discovered that we all look weird it's like it feels like another lifetime stuff that we played like at the beginning of the last 18 months but yeah. um lots of worthwhile stuff and um, but yeah let us know what you think down in the comments below i guess in regards to what, what games have got you through the last 18 months and um, because this has been the what culture gaming podcast i've been your host scott hilford joined by ben Roy Turner. happy birthday kana lynch too and Can't believe you're so old <laughs> happy birthday 11 years lynch old too. 11 whole years of nothing but love, but we'll catch Almost you next time. Almost all up to drink. Bye-bye. Bye. Can Bye. Tree? <laughs> no. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.